0: Hi and welcome to the Words of Encouragement podcast, a podcast of love, hope, inspiration and encouragement using the word of God for people from all walks of life. And of course, I'm your host, Arlena. everyone. And thank you for joining me on the Words of Encouragement podcast. And of course, I am none other than your host, Arlena. And of course, once again, I bring to you another special episode. And today, actually, you're going to have a teaching or kind of like an informative episode. Now, this is something that we or I had announced or we had announced since, I believe, like in April, whenever Easter was. So we are finally in the season where lots of people will be celebrating this thing called Christmas. So actually today, this episode is going to be based on the origin and the true meaning of what Christmas really is. And to do this, we have none other than guest pastor, Ino Itukunwa, once again here with us well um to be honest i i i I thank you for reminding me because i did not even remember that we had discussed this so thank you truly for calling and reminding me of this because i had so much going on i wasn't even thinking about christmas so let's just be real much less the episode but thank you for reminding me the day is here so i I hand the mic over to you you do your thing (laughs) the floor is yours So so the
1: question is, uh, what is Christmas? Uh, Should we celebrate Christmas? Because I hear a lot of people asking me that question. Uh, What is Christmas? Should we celebrate Christmas? Uh, What uh, is the origin of Christmas? And uh, if you look through the Bible, from, uh, okay, let's go to the New Testament. Did Jesus Christ our Lord uh, command us his uh, followers to celebrate his uh, birthday? The answer is no. Did he ask any of the apostles to instruct us to celebrate his birthday? The answer is no. So when did Christmas begin? What is the origin of Christmas? We're going to examine uh, those uh, facts uh, tonight. I want the listeners to be like the Bereans in the Bible when the uh, servant of God, Apostle Paul, went to Berea and preached to them. When he left them, they went back and searched the Bible to see if that which the Apostle Paul said was true. So I want listeners, after they finish listening to this, to go do their own research. Because what I am about to um, uh, say tonight is not hidden. Uh, It's there for you to uh, research and come to your own conclusion. So what is Christmas? Uh, Between um, December 17th and 24th of every year, the Romans celebrated a pagan festival called Saturnalia. S-T-U-R-N-L-I-A the Romans celebrated a pagan festival called Saturnalia to honor Saturn, the pagan god of agriculture, and Mithras, the pagan god of light. This was a form of sun worship. Uh, the intent was to awake the sun from its long winter sleep. Okay. Now, this festival to... Uh, Uh, This pagan festival that was celebrated by the Romans uh, uh, announced that winter is not forever and that life life continues and urged everyone to stay in a good mood. So to avoid persecution in the Roman Empire, early Christians decorated their homes with saturnalia holly. You know holly? Mm. Holly is that plant. a very popular plant they use for Christmas uh, with the leaves very green and then there are spikes all over the edges. So, uh, to avoid persecutions, the early Christians decorated their homes with saturnalia holly. And then, then as the number of Christians increased, the celebrations uh, took on a Christian observance. Now, you must know that uh, the early church did not celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Okay. The apostles did not celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. So early Christian church did not celebrate the birth of Christ in December until Bishop Kelesforos, uh, who was the second bishop of Rome, from A.D. 125 to A.D. 136, declared that church services should be held during this time, that is uh, December December 17th and 24th, to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Bishop Telethon was the first one to say that in A.D. 125 to A.D. 136, that that celebration should be uh, from uh, December okay let's fast forward then in in AD uh, 247 uh, solstice uh, solstice fell on December 24th let me explain what solstice is about solstice solstice is basically uh, the time of the year when the sun is fatherless north of the equator, that is about uh, June 22nd, or far south of the equator, about December 22nd. So you basically have two two solstice in the universe that God has allowed on Earth. Okay. The summer solstice, which takes place uh, about uh, June 22nd, and then the winter solstice, which takes place around December 22nd. Now, what is sol- sol- solstice means uh, standing still sun. I mean, the uh, winter solstice is when, because of the earth's, earth's uh, tilt, uh, the northern hemisphere leans further away from the sun, and therefore, when it does that, you have uh, shorter days. Right now, in the western, I mean, in the northern hemisphere where we are right now, uh, you have uh, uh, Longer nights and shorter days because of the solstice. And um, let me do a little bit of a geography right now. Solstice occurs. So the question is, why does it occur? God did it that way. Solstice occurs because the earth's axis of rotation is tilted about 23.4 degrees relative to the earth's orbit around the sun. This tilt drives our planet's seasons as the north and southern hemispheres get equal amounts of sunlight over the course of a year. Now, you, you know, in the world, you have two hemispheres. You have the northern hemisphere. Then you have the uh, it's divided by the equator. The equator runs through the middle part of the Earth and separates the southern hemisphere from the northern hemisphere. Now, from the months of March to September, the Northern Hemisphere is tilted more towards the sun. The result of that is that we have spring and summer. It becomes hotter in this part of the world uh, between um, uh, March to September. Now, from September to March of every year, the Northern Hemisphere is tilted away from the sun. And because of that, we have autumn and winter. So when you go to the Southern Hemisphere, the reverse becomes the case. And let me not go into that right now. Let's just deal with the Northern Hemisphere that we are. So right now we're in the Northern Hemisphere, and uh, because of the tilt of uh, the axis of the Earth away from the sun, we have the solstice, and it's resulted in autumn and and winter. So in in the year 80 seventy four A.D. Sorry, Solstice fell on December twenty fifth, and because of that, the Roman Emperor Aurelian, his name was Aurelian A U R E L I A N, proclaimed that date as Natalis Solis Invicti. That's uh, it means that the festival of the birth. Of the invincible sun, S-U-N Sun. So they were basically worshipping the sun those days. Now, in the year AD 320, Pope Julius, Roman Pope Julius the First, specified December 25th as the official date of the birth of Jesus Christ. That is the origin of Christmas. Now let's go back. I said a while ago that in the year AD, uh, Solstice fell on December 25th, and the Roman Emperor Aurelian proclaimed that date as Natalis Solis Invicti, that is the festival of the birth of the invincible sun, SUN. So then in AD 320, Roman Pope Julius then built on the foundation of uh, the Emperor Aurelian and declared December 25th as the official date of the birth of Jesus Christ. Okay. Now, five years later, in AD 325, Roman Emperor Constantine, uh, the first Christian Roman Emperor, introduced Christmas as an immovable feast on the 25th. So the person that really set 25th, of Christmas and declared that it should, it should never be moved was the Roman Emperor, Constantine. He set it for December 25th and he called it, and called it an immovable feast. Don't forget, when we dealt with the Easter thing uh, in April, yes. uh, we, I told you that Christians have two feasts. Right. One is the immovable feast, which is Christmas. Mm-hmm. It is immovable because it is set for December 25th. Right. And then we have the other feast called the movable Feast, which is Easter. Easter right. So Easter is always between March and April. There is no fixed date, therefore it is immovable. It is a Catholic Church that determines the date of the Easter based on the sighting of the moon uh, uh, during either um, March or April. So it was the Roman Emperor Constantine that fixed that date of December 25th as uh, to celebrate the birthday of Jesus Christ. Now, even though the Emperor Constantine did this in those days, many Christians, recogn- recognizing that date as a pagan festival, refused to celebrate the birthday of Christ on that day. Christmas failed to gain universal recognition among Christians until quite recently. Do you have any questions before I go on? Um,
0: Actually, no. You can go ahead. I'm taking my notes. Um, I know eventually I will have some.
1: Okay. Now, let's fast forward. Now, I've, I've established that uh, it was uh, uh, the book the, uh, uh, Julius I first was the one that first brought in the uh, December 25th date and also uh, Constantine, uh, the first Christian Roman emperor was the one that uh, fixed December 25th as a date to celebrate uh, the birth of Christ. And don't forget that uh, I said that in those days the Christians recognized that through the 5th of December was basically a day to celebrate a festival to the Son God. So at that time, the Christians of those days in Rome refused to celebrate Christmas, recognizing that it was basically a pagan festival. Now, Christmas started in Europe. Okay. Now let's 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 look at what happened in, the, in England uh, during the days of the Puritans uh, in the seventeenth in 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 century. Uh, Puritans believed that there there was no room for frivolity and merrymaking. And when they came to power in England, they clamped down on all forms of Christmas festivities. Now, who were the Puritans? The Puritans were basically uh, English Protestants in the 16th and 17th centuries. They believed that the Church of England was too similar to the Roman Catholic Church and should eliminate ceremonies and practices not rooted in the Bible. The Puritans basically, they, what, they, what they wanted to do, what they did at that time, they sought to purify the Church of England from Roman Catholic practices. You can see that Christmas came from the Roman Catholics. Now, um, what the Puritans did was that uh, in, in the year 1644, they enabled Parliament in England to ban Christmas and soldiers were sent to make sure that store, stores uh, shops stayed open no decorations were used at that time okay yes and uh in in, in 1659 uh, uh with the pilgrims in power christmas was banned with the law the law said that whosoever Shall be found observing any such day as Christmas, shall pay a fine of five shillings. Uh, that ban lasted for twenty-two years in some uh, in some parts of America. In Massachusetts, Christmas was not made a legal holiday until eighteen fifty-six. Okay, wow. Now. After the Puritan ban on celebrations, it took 200 years for Christmas to once again become an important event. Many of the things that we most love at Christmas started in the Victorian age. What do I mean by Victorian age? Victorian age was a period of a period between 1836 and 1901 when Queen Victoria was the Queen of England. So that is called the Victorian age. So many of the things that we love at Christmas started in the Victorian age, uh, such as sending cards and the invention of the Christmas cracker. And now the picture of uh, a fat, uh, happy, jolly, Father Christmas or Santa Claus dates from the Victorian times. The Christmas tree became popular. As the gift shopping in big stores, all those are called during Victorian times. Now, I just want to lay a foundation on the origins of some things that we we hold dear right now. Let me touch on the origin of the uh, uh, Christmas cards. Do you ever receive Christmas cards, my dear? No one thinks of me, no. Not really. <laughs> okay. I used to receive a lot of those back then when I was a Christmas freak. Now, uh, Christmas car started when, when children in the Victorian England. Remember I said when England Victorian England was uh, the Queen of England. Children in Victorian England had the tax of writing greetings to their parents in their very best handwriting. Okay. Some adults wrote Christmas letters to each other. Mm-hmm. But this could take up a great deal of time. The printed Christmas cards solved the problem. The custom of sending printed cards was started in England by a man called Henry Cole who did not have time to write letters to each of his relatives. Then he asked an artist, uh, John Horsley, to design a card for him. About 1,000 of those cards were printed and those not used by uh, Henry were sold uh, were sold uh, by the printer for one shilling. This was not cheap in those days, Uh, which may uh, may be why they did not sell very well. Uh, With the introduction of the penny post in England in 1840, it became cheaper to send mail. And as a result of color printing and the invention of printing machines, cards could be printed faster and cheaper. The first company to print and sell Christmas cards on a life scale was Charles Goodall and Songs of London in 1862. The first charity card was produced in 1949 by UNICEF. UNICEF is the United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund. Right. And Richard Pease, a printer from Albany, New York, is credited with sending the first specially printed Christmas card in England. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, the, sorry. let me go back again. Um, Richard Peace, a printer from Albany, uh, New York, is credited with sending the first specially printed Christmas card in America in the year 1851. So the first Christmas card in America mm-hmm. was printed by Richard Peace in the year 1851. Now let's look at the origin. Uh, you've heard of um, what is called the 12 nights of Christmas. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have a song for it on the twelfth day of Christmas, my, uh, on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave give to me, Christmas uh, is supposed to last for 12 days. That is from December 25th to uh, January the 6th. Oh, okay. And Yes, it's supposed to be 12 days of Christmas. That's why they have that song on the 12 days on the first of Christmas. My true love good to me. So it goes all the way to the 12 days. So um, uh, what is the origin of the 12 days? The, uh, the, the origin is that the Celtics in, uh, in, uh, in England, they believe that the sun stood still for 12 days during the winter solstice. That is the reasoning for the 12 days of Christmas. Then again, it is connected to the festival of the Son God. So uh, Christmas is supposed to last, like I said a while ago, from December twenty fifth to, to January the sixth. Mm-hmm. And on January the sixth, that day is called Epiphany. E P I P H A N Y. It's celebrated in the uh, in the Catholic Church. at the Epiphany. Um, oh, wow. You are not supposed to so. Um, The mythology is that you're not supposed to take down the Christmas decorations until after the 6th of January. And to do that before then, according to the tradition, means that you're going to have bad luck. That is very satanic. And that's why you see a lot of people keep uh, the Christmas decorations uh, way past Christmas Mm -hmm. into New Year and then start taking it down after the uh, the sixth of January. Because of that belief, that when you take it down before, uh, before the uh, the sixth of January, uh, before the feast of Epiphany, then it's going to bring bad luck to you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, uh, Epiphany was January twenty-six. Uh, it's the traditional end of Christmas holiday, and uh, is the date on which uh, people take down uh, uh, Christmas trees and decorations. Now, like I said a while ago, to do so is thought to bring bad luck for the rest of the year. Which means when you take it off before the 6th of January, mm-hmm. you're going to have bad luck from January to December. And, you know,
0: here I was thinking that they were just being
1: lazy. <laughs> no, no, they don't, they're they not lazy. This is the origin of those things. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yes, and, 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 and from the Middle Ages until the uh, mid-19th uh, century, uh, 12 nights was more popular than Christmas Day. And even today, some some countries celebrate Epiphany as the most important day of the Christmas season. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the Greek meaning of Epiphany, Epiphany uh, in Greek means to show. To show. Um, the progress of Christmas is also the same amount of days that the return of the sun was celebrated by the ancient and Roman Pagans. So you can see that this Christmas celebration and paganic practices are intertwined. Right, exactly. Now we've seen the origin of uh, uh, the Christmas card. Uh, I've told you about the origin of the 12th night and the uh, origin of the epiphany. Uh, uh, so uh, also, let me let me touch on this. You've you heard that uh, they will say this is the you tide season, am I right? Yes. New mm-hmm. tide What you U-tide? Today alone in the uh, in the news and uh, in the various magazines and uh, things i was reading all i saw was new tide new tide season new what is this okay what is new tide now let me say this let me let me expose what new tide is in ancient pagan times the last day of winter in the northern hemisphere was celebrated as the night that the great mother goddess gave birth to the baby, son, God. It is also called Yule. The day a huge log is started to bonfire, around which everyone would dance and sing to awaken the sun from its long winter sleep. So, when you hear people talk about Yuletide, and even Christians are talking about Yuletide, they do not know the origin of Yuletide. Otherwise, they would not use that expression mm-hmm. for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Now, in Roman times, Yuletide uh, became uh, the celebrations honoring Satanos, the harvest god, and Micras, the ancient god of light, a form of Sun worship that are, come to, that are come to Rome from Syria a century before with the cult of soul invectors. It announced that winter is not forever and that life continues and uh, an invitation to stay in good spirit. So these things are intertwined with pagan religious practices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, let's look at the origin of the Christmas tree. Now, many Christians, pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers, men and women of God, most of them have in their houses, in their churches, Christmas trees. But do they understand what Christmas tree is all about? You don't understand that Christmas tree is nothing but pagan religious practice. Now, an ancient tradition back in the days of Christmas tree, Mm -hmm. the oak was sacred to the ancient Greek god Zeus as well as to the Druids. Who were the Druids? The Druids were basically Uh, some people in ancient Ireland that practiced satanic things and and, uh, Irish uh, mythology. So, those were the people that started this uh, Christmas tree things in honor of the Greek god Zeus. In ancient Rome, evergreen trees were thought to have special powers and were used for decoration. In pagan uh, Scandinavia, Fear and ice trees were hung as water office to bring good luck. In the Middle Ages, the church decorated trees with apples on Christmas Eve, which is known uh, which was known then as Adam and Eve's day. So now you see the origin of the Christmas tree that has got roots in satanic pagan practice. Now our modern-day Christmas tree. Seems to have started in Germany in the 16th century. uh, 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 Sorry, our modern day Christmas tree uh, uh, seems to have started uh, uh, in Germany. In the 16th century, city merchants carried uh, the fair, F f f I R T, decorated with uh, papers, uh, paper flowers, through the streets on Christmas Eve. A great feast was held in the market square. Followed by dancing around the tree, and finally, the tree was ceremonially burned down. That is the origin of the Christmas tree. Now, the earliest mention of Christmas tree in America uh, is from a diary, um, I think, dated, uh, I believe, December uh, 1820, uh, by a man named uh, Matthew Zahn uh, from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Uh, many of those who settled in Pennsylvania in the 18th and 19th century were protestants from Germany. So our present-day Christmas tree has its origins uh, 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 from Germany. Okay. Yes. Uh, let's look at uh, the origin of the uh, Christmas candles when you burn Christmas, uh, when you burn candles for Christmas. Imagine uh, has it that uh, uh, the, the, the Martin Luther, the founder of uh, uh, the uh, Protestant Church in Germany in the, six, in the 16th century, was the first person to put candles on the Christmas tree. Sorry. Excuse me. Luther was walking home one winter evening when he looked up and saw the stars twinkling through the branches of the first trees. He was so inspired by the sight that when he arrived home, he set up a tree and decorated the tree with candles during Christmas. Okay. Now, what is the origin of the Christmas light? Uh, three years after Thomas Edison invented the electric bo- electric bulb in um, 18, I think it was 1879, uh, a man named Edward Johnson, who worked for Edison's company had Christmas tree bulbs especially made for him. Okay. He probably displayed the, his electric tree lights at his home in Fifth Avenue, New York City. They caused a, sen- a sensation, although some years were to pass before the mass-manufactured Christmas tree lights were widely available. Then in 1903, the Ever-Ready Company of New York began to make strings of light, but they were expensive. And at that time, if one light went out, the whole light went out. So in 1927, uh, GE, uh, the General Electric Company of America, Mm -hmm. introduced tiny bulbs that would not get too hot. And also, if one bulb went out, Mm -hmm. the others stayed lit. That is the origin of the Christmas tree in America invented by GE uh, in 1927. Uh, Let's look at the origin of the uh, uh, Christmas music. I'm just trying to condense this uh, teaching into one hour because it is very extensive. If I want to do everything, it would take almost about four to six hours to conclude. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going bit by bit because you don't want our listeners to be bored with details. So I'm just going to the nitty-gritty. Now, let's look at the origin of uh, of Christmas music, uh, the so-called Christmas carols. How did it start? The word carol comes from uh, the ancient Greek choros, C-O-R-O-S, which means dancing in circle, and from the old French word carol, C-A-R-O-L-E, meaning a song to accompany dancing. Originally, the carol was not associated with Christmas and was not even a religious song. In the early medieval times, the church did not encourage the singing of carols, believing that Christmas should be celebrated in a solemn way and that carols were linked to pagan festivals. The church, eventually, as usual, we always compromise. You know, the church—we are a bunch of compromisers. That's why the Lord is not pleased with us. The church eventually relaxed its attitude, and in the fifth century, saw a great increase in the writing and singing of Christmas carols. "O come, O come, Emmanuel" is the earliest carol from the 12th century. It was not until the 19th century that many of the older carols were rediscovered and set to music. So even the Christmas carols have origins in pagan practices. Now I want to also look at the origins of uh, three plants that are popularly used for Christmas. You see them use it on Christmas trees. You see them use it on Christmas cards. You see them use on Christmas wrappings. You see them use people do Christmas wreaths and then hang it on their doors. Mm -hmm. And those plants are the holly, the ivy, Mm -hmm. and the mistletoe. Now, um, the holly is from the old English English word holen, h o l e n. Holly has been a favorite winter plant. For thousands of years, it, it was believed that good spirits lived in his branches, and spirits were taken into homes for good luck and prosperity, and to keep away evil spirits. Uh, legend says that the holy uh, the holy berries were originally white, but were turned red by the blood of Jesus Christ when Christ was made to wear the crown of thorns. At his crucifixion, that is nothing but a life from the pit of hell. Mm-hmm. Amen. The holy, they said, according to them, was used to be uh, uh, white. The berries, you know, holy, those holies produce berries, right? right. And they saying that those berries, that the, the fruits, the berries that the holy produces, uh, used to be white, but when Christ, uh, uh, they were they were turned red. Uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ, when the crown of thorns was hung on the head of Jesus and it turned the berries white lies from the pit of hell. Mm -hmm. That is the origin of the holly. So when you put the holly in your Christmas tree on your door, Mm -hmm. in the things in your house, this is what you're indicating. This is what you're celebrating. This is the foundation. You see, with me, when you ask me to celebrate something, I want to know the the foundation of what I'm celebrating. What am I doing? What is the foundation? Where did it come from? So that I will not offend the Lord. So this is where the holy came from. And let's look at the ivy. Ivy, why? In ancient Rome, ivy was the badge of Bacchus. Who was Bacchus? Bacchus was the Roman god of feasting and drinking. Because of this pagan association, the early Christian church would not allow ivy to be used for decoration. In the Middle Ages, people thought ivy helped them to recognize witches, and it was said to be a protection against the de- deadly plague. So when you put those things in your house, this is what you are This is the foundation of the ivy. Now. Let me talk a little bit of, on the foundation on, on the origin of the Christmas ornaments. So Those are nice, flashy-looking ornaments that you place on Christmas tree. Originally, decorations were homemade paper flowers or apples, biscuits, and sweets. Okay. The earliest decorations to be to be uh, bought came from Nuremberg, Nuremberg in Germany, a city famous for the manufacture of toys. Lauscha La in Germany is He's also famous for his glass ornaments. In 1880, America discovered Lauscha, and a man named F. W. Woolworth went there and bought a few glass Christmas tree ornaments. Within a day, he had sold out. So the next year, he bought more, and within a week, they too had sold out. And the year after, he bought 200000 Lauscha ornaments. Uh, During the First World War, supplies of ornaments from Lauscha ceased. So American manufacturers began to make their own ornaments, developing new techniques that allowed them to turn out as many ornaments in a minute as could be made in a whole day in Lauscha, Germany. That is the origin of those twinkling, tantalizing Christmas uh, ornaments. What is the origin of the mistletoe? The mistletoe that is used in uh, those Christmas fruits—the uh, uh, concept of peace and joy over the Christmas season originates from pagan belief in the magical powers of the mistletoe. So, when you hang the mistletoe in your house, mm-hmm. in your church, or anywhere you hang it, it's 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 from uh, the belief, the pagan, the pagan belief in the magical power of the mistletoes. Uh, enemies meeting on a missile toe had to call a truce, a truce, the following day. So, at that time, if you wanted enemies uh, to become friends, you hung a mistletoe toe and you required them to sit on that missile toe because, it, uh, according to them, it had the, the ability to bring peace to warring uh, factions. Um, Let's look at briefly of, uh, of the origin of Santa Claus, mm-hmm. or Father Christmas, or Father Christmas. Where did he come from? Or they call him, he has three names, uh, Father Christmas, Santa Claus, or they call him Saint Nicholas, or Saint Nick, that man that uh, 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 has become a folklore, you see him in that, it's uh, always a big, uh, big, fat, big, fat, white man with white beard, uh, you know, riding around in a, a sleigh, with reindeer sparring it across the skies, uh, coming from the North Pole, and and, and, and and parents teach their children that Santa Claus is coming, you better be nice because he's making a list and he's checking it twice. You're teaching your children to, 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 to believe in Santa Claus. What is wrong? Teach your children to believe in Father Jesus, not Father Christmas, not Santa Claus. No, no, no. You, you make these children to believe in all those, uh, all this uh, uh, mythology. No wonder why later on your children will begin to believe in demonic things. You are the one that laid the foundation. Because you are telling them that Santa Claus is going to sleep down in the at night and leave gifts. That your children better be good because Santa Claus is making a list of those that are good and they're checking it twice. If you are good, you get a gift. If you are bad, you don't get a gift. What are we doing? Christians are doing this with our children all around the world. If I
0: could just interject um, real quickly, like you're, t- yes. you're touching on the origin, of course, of Santa Claus, of course, well, you know, in the Europeans, they have their own version of Santa Claus. Um,
1: no, no, I'm touching on the origin of Santa Claus around the world. Oh, okay. Yes, around the world, yes. Because I was just explaining some things about what parents are doing to their children. You use your hard earned money to buy gifts, and then you lie to them that the gifts you are giving to them by Santa Claus. That's what many parents are doing. Uh, Santa Claus, St. Nicholas, or Father Christmas was a man from Myra in Turkey. He was a thin, pale figure who dressed in red bishop ankle-length robes. That is the type one by the Catholics and Anglican bishops. Bishops. He also wore the traditional hat of a bishop. Mm. uh, St. Nicholas was known as a a patron saint of children. Um, He also wore the traditional hat of bishop. He traveled by donkey and delivered his gifts on December 6th. He was well-loved in Europe. And when the Dutch came to America in the 17th century, they took him along. So it came from Europe to America via the Dutch in the 17th century. Right, exactly. And, uh, yeah, his name was spelled uh, Saint, Sint, S-I-N-T, mm-hmm. Nicholas, right, yeah. N-I-K-O-L-A-A-S, which gradually changed into Sinterklaas, S-I-N-T-E-R, and class, K-L-A-A-S, and then gradually into Santa Claus, right. you see? From Saint Nicholas, mm-hmm. so Santa and then gradually to Santa Claus in Europe. He is known as Father Christmas in Africa. Is known as Father Christmas in America. Is known as Santa Claus. Right,
0: exactly. Um, um, as far as the origin of the San- Santa Claus or Santa Claus. Because yeah. being from St. Martin, we're half Dutch, half French. So I'm very much familiar with.
1: Asperger, exactly. So know. it came from the Dutch.
0: Right. Um, and it often came with Zwarte Piet, which would mean Black Piet, Santa Claus, exactly. yes. and Zwarte yeah.
1: Piet. Right. So yes, exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that is the origin of uh, Father Christmas, Santa Claus, Claus, right. St. Nicholas. And St. Nicholas. He came from Mara, Turkey, and then the Dutch brought him to America in the 17th century. That is the origin of Santa Claus. Now, uh, you have heard of this song Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, the famous uh, song that is sing uh, during Christmas time. What is that origin? Because Rudolph is a symbol uh, for Christmas. Uh, the Red Nosed Reindeer that rides with Santa Claus uh, to deliver gifts. What is the origin? Uh, in 1939, a man named Robert May who worked in the advertising department of the Montgomery World Department store in Chicago, wrote a poem about one of Santa's deer with a bright red nose. He suggested the name Rollo for the deer, but it was rejected. He next thought of Reginald, but that too was rejected. Finally, he came up with Rudolph. And that year, every child that visited uh, Montgomery was Santa Claus's department received a booklet of Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. Then in 1949, Robert May's friend, John Mark, set the poem that uh, Robert May wrote to music. And then cowboy Gene Autry, agreed to sing it, and it became a worldwide hit. Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Hmm. That is the origin of Christmas, my dear. So, like I said when I began, um, I'm like a lawyer. I presented the uh, evidence. And you can go and do your own research. And discover that I've not strayed anywhere from the truth. So the question is, should you celebrate Christmas? That's left up to you. I don't. I used to be a Christmas freak from my father's house in Lagos, Nigeria. It was a, a, a zone for Christmas celebration. As a matter of fact, those days... I would eagerly await Christmas and and and, and on the 24th night I would not sleep it was called watch nights watch nights well, I would you. sit down and 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 depression would come upon me after Christmas because I, I the feeling was so strong that after Christmas I didn't know what to do but thank God he has delivered me from those things
0: So let me ask you so what do you yes. do, what do you do on December 25th
1: I do nothing. I eat. I, I sleep. I snore, I read my Bible. I don't do nothing. Exactly. It's, it's, it's December twenty fifth is nothing to me. It's just another day. Yes. I, you know, I, I don't want to fall into that trap of looking for money to be buying gifts here, there, and yonder, and uh, yes. lying to your children. I never lied to my children. I have four of them. I never lied to them. Even when I was not, I was running away from Jesus Christ. I let them know that I'm the one that bought these gifts. There's no time to lose. I gave them plenty of gifts. But I told them, and the one that bought it, forget about Santa Claus. So Christmas uh, to the 5th of December is just a, another day for me. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to the glory of God. Yeah. It's a day
0: to just focus on Christ just like you do any other day if you're a true believer. Yes. Like you say, you pray, you, you worship just like you would worship the day before, the, the week before. Every, exactly. Yeah, I um, I haven't celebrated Christmas in years, so um, I do cook some food. I will be honest with that. I, I'm gonna fold my belly, that's for sure. But, to cook and
1: eat? To go be the glory. You know, I'm gonna eat well, that's for sure. But other than that, you know, no Christmas
0: yes. tree, no Christmas tree, no. None of yeah. I haven't celebrated that since
1: no, two thousand. No, no pagan symbols. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any questions? Well, or comments.
0: That was kind of like one of the questions. Um, okay, like in the Caribbean, w- what we would do. Um, they also celebrate something called Boxing Day, which is the day after Christmas. So that's all. T- oh, on yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So that's all tied in. It's the same thing for me. It's a day for me to be off. You know, I ain't gotta work. Like you say, you you, you pray, you do the. You know, what you, you serve God just like you would serve God any other day. You praise Him, you worship Him, you eat, sleep. Like that's gonna be Christmas for me. Um, that's it. Now, okay, like. Back in the Caribbean, it's a big thing. You know, where they prepare different dishes, different meals, and, you know, um, as far as part of tradition. Now, is something yeah. wrong with that?
1: It is, because like we just saw in the teaching, those satanic practices steeped in pagan practices. It's my belief that Christians are not supposed to celebrate Christmas because of uh, uh, the origins of Christmas. Okay. And we were not commanded by Jesus Christ mm-hmm. to celebrate Christmas. Right. We, were not, we were not instructed by any of the apostles mm-hmm. to celebrate Christmas. If Christmas was important, right. Jesus could have commanded us to celebrate his birthday. But what he commanded us to do is communion. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Right. Exactly. Now, he went back to heaven. He did not instruct any of the apostles to instruct us, his followers, to celebrate Christmas. The apostles themselves did not celebrate Christmas. The early Christians did not celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, as I stated, we saw the origin uh, of Christmas. But right. it was tied to the 25th of December, the celebration to the invisible son, God. And Emperor Constantine that did that used to be a pagan. Mm -hmm. He used to celebrate those festivals, Mm -hmm. and then he became a Christian, and then he then incorporated those pagan festivals into Christmas. And to lure in the pagans, Mm -hmm. he decided to allow many of their practices to be brought into the church, Mm -hmm. which we're still doing till this right
0: and you know you you kind of touched on something because earlier today i was looking at a video where um on youtube where someone also did like the history of the origin of christmas oh really and two of the things that he said you also mentioned
1: i think i should go on i think i should go on youtube uh, that's
0: okay
1: go ahead go ahead and he
0: you know he said the same thing that you said you know um it's it's not instructed anywhere in the Bible to celebrate Christmas or his birth, and nope. the same thing he said that you also just said that the apostles never instructed us to do it as well. So you know, kind of like the same thing that you're saying. Yeah, I ain't got no money to spend. You know, but I'm going to now.
1: Eat. I'm going to eat. Now people people don't understand that Jesus, and okay. uh, people everybody over really think that Jesus was born uh, uh, in December. But if we want to look at that through the lens of the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, it was in December. Right. Uh, the Bible, uh, you know, the fact that it wasn't put there in the Bible is is a sign that it, God doesn't want us to pay attention to that. It's not important. Right. The most important thing that He, you
0: know, He was born, He came, He died, and He's coming again.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So exactly. what I said, and, and, and people ask me, "Oh, He was born in December." I said, "Okay." If I just for the, just for the sake of clarity and uh, argument and clarity, if you go to the Bible in the book of uh, Luke, mm-hmm. it gives us a clue, what? not not as to the uh, the date, what chapter in Luke? but as to the season. Uh, if you go to Luke uh, chapter one. Uh, let me see. Sorry, Luke chapter two. Okay. Luke chapter two. Mm-hmm. And uh, are you there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you read from um, verses eight to thirteen, so to fourteen, to 14.
0: fourteen. Okay. It says here, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid.
1: Afraid. Stop right there. Now, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord appeared to them Mm -hmm. while they were in the fields watching over their flocks. Mm -hmm. Why is that significant? December time like this in the nation of Israel is winter period. Okay. Extremely cold, snowy. So there's no way that shepherds will be in the fields at night during winter season. They will freeze to death. So that tells us that it was during you know summertime when the weather was good, Mm. when the weather was hot. In winter time, what happens to vegetation? The grass that the uh, the, uh, the sheep eat, it, it withers. So there's no point taking sheep to the open field when there's no vegetation. So that, that rules out December, totally. It rules out December. So they came in when the weather was very good. the shepherds could go to the field at night to feed their flock. And then the angel came down that same night Mm -hmm. and told them the good news about Jesus Christ. And then the shepherds went and they saw the Lord Jesus wrapped in swaddling clothes in the manger as the angel had told them. Now you must understand also that when those wise men came to see Jesus it was not this night that they came. So many people are of the belief that the, the, the Magi, the wise men that came from the East, mm-hmm. came on the night that Jesus was born. That is not so. Okay. They came in probably almost three years after the birth of Jesus Christ. Okay. Wow. That was why when they went to Herod, uh, when Herod called them and and. And then I inquired from the chief priests and you know teachers and of the law what time was the Messiah was going to be born and, and where sorry where was the Messiah going to be born and they said in Bethlehem, so that's what the prophet said. Okay. Now, the magi then went to Bethlehem. Uh, Bethlehem, and they the star led them to where Jesus was. It was not that night. Now they rejoiced and they worshiped him and they gave him gifts when they went to sleep, the Lord came to them in the dream, don't go back to Herod, because Herod had told them, when you find that Messiah, that king, come back and tell me where he is, so that I too will go and worship him. The intent was not to worship him, the intent was to kill the baby. So the Magi, led by the star, found Jesus, they watched him, when they went to bed, the Lord said to them, do not go back to Herod, Depart a different way. When Herod discovered that he had been hoodwinked mm-hmm. by the Magi, he became alarmed, he became crazy, and ordered the killing of babies from two years to zero years. If it was that night, he could have ordered the killing of babies that were born immediately that were less than six months old. But he said, any baby from the age of two downwards must be killed. And that was done. So the Magi did not see Jesus on the night he was born. They saw him months later. That's why Herod was confused. When Herod learned of the time, then he calculated, okay, this baby is not more than two years. It's not more than two years. So, to be on the safe side, I'm going to order right. the killing of babies from the age of two downwards. Yeah, to God be the glory. Well,
0: yes, um, once again, that was a very um, powerful um, teaching in case that you presented. Um, I truly appreciate you taking the time out to, you know, come once again and share this teaching with us. Of course, now we did the, the um, movable feast in Easter, so now here we are tackling the immovable feast, which, of course, is Christmas. And yes. you really broke it down very well because, you know, you went through the origin of Christmas, the Christmas tree, the bulbs, the carols, the ivy, the holly, the mistletoe. You really um, gave a lot of information so people who are listening, they can go forth and, you know, do further research for their own selves. So I would, you know, if you do not have anything else to add, or would you like to add anything else? Before no,
1: nothing, nothing else. I'm through. That's
0: it. Yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, I would like to say thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and to share this wonderful teaching with us it's a blessing um thank god for your ministry for your life and you know may he continue to guide you to protect you and to keep you and amen thank you very much cuz you know like while you were talking you know as usual I'm busy taking notes so um and I took quite a bit of notes i need to learn some shorthand as well but yet, <laughs> I, was, I was um busy really taking down a lot of notes and very 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 informative very knowledgeable very powerful and like i said uh, to god be all honor and glory and i do pray that this episode goes forth and for those that might be still wondering if or they should be celebrating christmas well now after this episode they will know not to and that we do not offend our lord and savior jesus christ so thank you so much pastor inno My pleasure. And of course, um, happy holidays when it comes around. Um, Have a blessed new year, a blessed 20, what is it, 2020? I can't even remember what year. 21. Okay, there we go. Have a blessed 2021. Thank you for everything. God bless you. May he keep you. And may he continue to use you. Thank you so much. Thank you so
1: much. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right.